Life was bitter to the core There was nothing to live for Until love came My name is Harold J. Perkins And at the age of 17 I was selling drugs And on my way to an early grave While sitting in my house with about 10 guys God gave me an out-of-body experience And I was lifted above the room I could see everything moving in slow motion After that I got up and put those guys out And I cried out to Jesus Christ He came into my life with liberty and purpose. Then I ran into religion. And it has taken me over 40 years to navigate through religion to fully understand what came into me that day. This podcast is to help put you on a faster track than it took me to get through religion and experience life, liberty, and purpose on a higher level. So get ready. We're about to start a revolution. Again, welcome. I'm excited about getting into this episode. On this episode, I'm going to talk about this great love that God has for us. It is my intent to show you the Father's love in a way that tears down the false religious views of my Father's love. He is not waiting for you to mess up and fall down and hit you over the head and knock you down further. No, he's there to pick you up when you fall down and to encourage you to keep going forward, to let you know that you can be successful. I'm going to help you. I'm going to strengthen you, and I'm even going to hold you up when you need it. I think the best place to start is the story where Jesus talked about the prodigal son. I'm in Luke chapter 15, verses 11 through 32. Here's what it says. And by the way, this picture that Jesus gave here is really a picture of the father's love. We're going to talk about the the son, the prodigal son, but it's really a story about the love of God. Luke chapter 15, I'm going to start at verse 11. Then said he, A certain man had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of my goods that falls to me. So he divided them his livelihood. And not many days after, the young son gathered all together, journeyed to a far country, and there wasted his possessions with prodigal living. But when he had spent all, there arose a a severe famine in the land, and he began to be in want. Then he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into the field to feed the swines. And he would have gladly have filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have bread enough to spare, and I perish with hunger? I will arise and go to my father and will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. I'm going to stop for a minute. I'm going to continue. In Jewish culture, the father never ran. But in this case here, Jesus has given us a picture of the father. Notice that the father was out looking as if he was doing this consistently, coming to see when his son, maybe one day, maybe this is the day my son's coming home. And when he saw him, the father ran. That's how much God loves us. This son took his inheritance, wasted his inheritance, and here the father ran and met him and fell on his neck and kissed him. Let's continue. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight, 
and am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, remember, this is God, a picture of God. And the father said to his servant, bring out the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet and bring the fatted calf here and kill it and let us eat and be merry. Now, this son went and did all that the riotous living that he did. And look how the father treats him when he comes back. This is the love of God. This is how much God loves you and I. I'm going to continue. Verse 23, and bring the fatted calf here and kill it and let us be merry. For this, my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to be merry. Now his older son was in the field. And as he came and drew near to the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said to him, your brother has come. And because he has received him safe and sound, your father has killed the fatted calf. But he was angry and would not go out. Now, I'm going to stop for a minute. This uh, is another picture. We're going to talk about the father, but it's showing you something also about this older brother. This older brother is a picture of is really a picture of religion because he got mad. He got angry because he was angry and would not go in. Therefore, his father came out and pleaded with him. Now, again, the father is a picture of God's love. So he asked. So he answered and said to his father, lo, these many years I have been serving you. I never transgressed your commandments at any time. And yet you never gave me a young goat that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as this son of yours came, <laughs> not to hear how you saying this son of yours came who has devoured your livelihood with harlots, you killed the fatted calf for him. And he said to him, son, you are always with me. This is God talking now. Son, you are always with me and all that I have is yours. It was right that we should make merry and be glad for your brother was dead and is alive again and was lost and is found. Now, I want you to notice that the older brother didn't get the father's heart because he didn't know that he could have had this anytime he asked for it. But he was so satisfied, like many believers are. I go to church every Sunday. I keep all your commandments. I'm not doing anything wrong. But then again, when it comes time for you desiring some things and asking God for some things, God wants to bless us. God wants to be good to us. And a lot of people don't really understand that. They think that I got to serve God. It's got to be hard. It's got to be tough, uh, you know, and all this and that. When God, look how God treated this rebellious son. Got a robe on him, put a ring on his finger, put sandals on him and had a party for him coming home. This is the love that God has for us. Jesus in this parable gave us a view of how much his father loves us. And true love does not tear you down. True love lifts you higher. Look what he did for this son when he came in. He didn't beat him up or throw him out in the field, say, hey, go be a servant like you said you wanted to be. Okay. No, he, he treated him like a son, a son that he loves. And that's how God treats us. Ephesians chapter two, verses four through six. But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love wherewith he has loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. And he has raised us up together and made us sit together 
in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. God the Father has lifted us up with Christ Jesus There is and seated us at his right hand. There is no higher place to be seated. This is the love God has for you and I. God only wants to do you good. If he's lifted you up to the highest place, why would he withhold any good from you? He's not. But the problem is that most don't know that God is willing. They know he has the power, but they don't know if he's really willing to be good to them. Let's go to a situation with Jesus, which is a picture of the father himself. I'm in Matthew chapter eight, verses one through three. When he had come down from the mountain, Jesus, great multitudes followed him. And behold, a leopard came and worshiped him, saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Then Jesus put out his hand and touched him, saying, I am willing, be cleaned. Immediately, his leprosy was gone. Look how fast Jesus said, I'm willing, be clean. God is willing to do you good. No matter how bad you may feel about some of the things that you've done in the past, God has already forgiven you. You need to forgive yourself. He's not asking you to be perfect, but to keep getting up when you fall down. He loves you for who you are, not for what you do. Let me show you that God loved you when you were at your worst. I'm in Romans chapter five, verses eight through 10. Here's what it says. But God demonstrated his love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if when we were sinners, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only that, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, to whom we have now received reconciliation. If you have accepted Jesus Christ, there is nothing you could have done to put you in a worse place than being an enemy of God like you were before you accepted him, like we just read. If God loved you then, he loves you now. You're in his family now, and he's really ready to pour his love on you. True love brings you higher. God wants to take you higher in this life. He wants to give you all the desires of your heart. Psalms 37, four says this, delight yourself also in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. If you really knew how much God loves you, you would delight in him. He wants to do you gooder and gooder and gooder. No, that's not good English, but you get the point. I'm going to go to Romans chapter 8, verses 15 through 17. What I'm trying to show you here is give you a picture of how much God loves us and how much he loves you. He loves all of us as dear children the same. Romans chapter 8, verses 15 through 17 says this. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself bearing witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together with him. You are a joint heir with Christ. Christ was given everything. Everything in heaven and earth, he was given everything, and you are joined here with him. You are royalty now and loved by God. Start expecting the best. Start seeing God lifting you higher and higher. You can only go as high as you see on the inside. 
God is not the problem. It's how you're seeing yourself. When I allow God to change how I saw myself, my life changed for the better. He can do the same for you. He loves you and wants to lift you higher. He really loves you more than you know. And yes, sometimes he allows us to go through some difficult times, but he's with us. And if we continue, he'll bring us out better than we were before. You know, if you read the Old Testament, you'll see some of the people that God lifted the highest went through some of the lowest lows. But the lows were preparation for being settled on top, to be able to stay in a place of humility, knowing that it was God who lifted you and settled you on top. And you don't have to be perfect for God to love you. Noah and his family were the only family that was saved when the flood killed everybody else. And after the flood, Noah got so drunk that his sons had to cover him up. Now, do you think that was the first time that Noah got drunk? He likely got drunk before the flood and God still loved him enough to spare him and his whole family. Moses and David, God's deliverer and God's king, both of them murdered a man, but God still loved them and did them good even after that. So why would he not love you and do you good? Change your attitude about God and yourself and God with his love will take you higher and higher. He loves you more than you know. So my, I, I trust that uh, I was able to give you an opportunity to see God's love in a way that many don't understand and many don't see because he is love. He is a wonderful God. We are blessed. We are fortunate to know him, to have seen his son, Jesus. And when you get into the word for yourself and you start reading for yourself and not taking another man's opinion or the preacher's opinion, but you get in the word yourself and you look and you see and begin to study and understand the word for yourself, you'll be able to get, get an opportunity to see how much God loves you. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. And he wants to do you good and gooder and gooder and gooder for the rest of your life. Let me say right here, if you don't know our living Savior, Jesus Christ, you can get to know him now. Pray this prayer with me. Say, God, I believe that you sent your son, Jesus Christ, to die for my sins. Jesus, I accept you into my life as my Lord and my Savior. Help me to live this life. Thank you. That's it. It's that simple. If you believe what you just prayed, he has come in. Start reading the Bible for yourself. You can start in the book of St. John and in the book of Romans, and God will begin to show you his purpose for your life, and he'll begin to show himself unto you. Okay, we'll see you on the next episode. Okay.